Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. I am your host, Derek, and you are joining us for episode number 60 today. And today is one of our midweek episodes. We are going to talk about a game that hasn't been talked about in the podcast before. This is a game that just released to Game Pass and just came out for Xbox and I believe other systems as well. And today we are going to talk about the game Below by Capybara Games. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick notes as we usually do at the top of the show. Our next podcast is going to be on Saturday. It's going to be the State of Decay Awards results show. So we're going to have some uh, guests on with me and we're going to talk about the State of Decay Awards and find out the results. So, uh, so far as of this recording, we've had over 100 people vote and we're going to release the rewards results and find out what happens. So I'm definitely excited to do that. It should be a lot of fun going over that and good luck to everyone that's still nominated. If you do hear this episode before noon on Thursday, that's noon Eastern time Thursday, you can still vote. So if you want to vote in the State of Decay Awards, then it's bit.ly slash SOD, which is capitalized. So bit.ly capital S-O-D and then undercase awards. So bit.ly SOD awards, but SOD is capitalized. And that's how you can vote in that. So if you want to vote before noon Eastern time on Thursday, then you can do that and it'll count. But the voting closes on noon Eastern. So get your votes in and it should be a great episode. And the next stream, I do apologize that I haven't been streaming as much. Um, I think the last stream I officially did was on Christmas Eve, I believe. So it's been a little while. Um, I meant to do one last week on a Saturday, but... I just got really tired and I ended up going to sleep instead. I do want to try and, you know, stick to once a week for streaming at least, but it's not something that's um as easy for me because I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing community events for State of Decay and different things like that. So with all the stuff on my plate, um, streaming is kind of on the back burner for me a little bit. So I do apologize to anyone that does want to see me stream, but... I'm attempting to do my best with that, and I try to stream as much as I can. During the State of Decay community events, that's when you're going to stream me streaming most, because I want to make sure those events go smoothly, and if I'm refereeing or something, I'll stream that. So that's when you're going to see me stream most. But other than those events, I'm going to try and do once a week. So hopefully on Thursday or Saturday night this week, I can do another stream. Uh, it's looking like it's more likely to be Saturday, just because on Thursday I'm going to have to edit the uh, State of Decay results show. So it looks like it's more likely to be on Saturday, but that could change. So but I'm going to do my best to uh, do a stream on one of those nights. But that being said, let's talk about some below. As the title of this episode says, let's send the pain below. Because that's kind of what happens in this game. You go below the surface and it gets more painful the more you go down. So... Um, I didn't put a ton of time into this game, and it's not because I didn't like the game, it's just because it's not exactly my style of game that I would put a lot of time in, and we're going to get into some of the reasons why for that, but uh, I will say up front, this is a great game, it's definitely a game that a lot of people are going to love, it's just not a game that's my style in particular, so... I can say up front right now, this is probably the only episode you'll ever hear me do but below. 
So we're going to kind of cover the basics of what happens in the game and things like that. But it's a game that I probably won't put much more time into just because just because it doesn't offer the type of experience I'm looking for in a game. So, you know, we all have our games that we like these type of experiences and then some games we don't like some games. So like, for example, I'm not um, huge into shooters. I'll play shooters occasionally, you know, especially if friends want to play, then if a friend asks me, hey, you want to play this game and I'm free? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll jump in there with your couple matches. But like the Call of Duties and things like that, I'm not really huge into those type of games, for example. And, you know, someone that's into those types of games, they might not be into State of Decay, for example. So we all have our different games that we're into and our different types of games that we're not into. And um, Below is just a game that offered enjoyment for me for some time but it's not a game that i put um more than like 10 to 15 hours into max i'd say but i did put about i'd say five to seven hours into the game so i didn't put a ton of time into it but i did put some into kind of get the uh, hang of it a little bit and basically below it's a game that really offers you no explanation it offers you no tutorial nothing like that it's a game that you jump in the opening cutscene. And it almost feels like, wait, am I supposed to be doing something here? Because the cutscene is actually very, very long. So it almost feels like, wait, did I not hit A? Did I, did I not hit start? Like, I thought I hit start because it just seems like it's, you know, stuck on the same screen. And I assure you it's not. It's just a very long cutscene when you start. And it kind of, the, the whole entire game has no uh, words to it, no descriptions, no dialogue it's all basically up to the player to explore everything. So for some people, that might be a great thing because some people might like to figure things out entirely on their own. For some players, that might not be a good thing because some players might like to have a little bit of description in there. For me, I'm kind of in the middle of that, but um, this game for me, it skews a little bit too far towards exploring all on your own because for me, I would like some description to it and you know some... Um, stuff to research because for me I liked a lot of things I like to research for me I like games where I have to research things and I like to find out more about the lore of a game or find out more about the strategy of a game and that's kind of why this game isn't really my play style as much because there's no research involved really I mean I guess you could you know watch some YouTube videos if you want some help on some certain things but like it's not you know a ton of research intensive it doesn't have a great deal of strategy. I mean, there is some strategy when you get down to the lower levels and trying to navigate those levels, but it's not the type of strategy game where it doesn't have all the intricacies that like State of Decay has, for example. It doesn't have all the intricacies that like um, a Skyrim would have or all these different games that actually have a lot of depth behind them. And it's not meant to be that either because this is a smaller title that's meant to feel like it's a true exploration that you undergo by yourself so this isn't meant to feel like a big you know undertaking that has a lot of intricacies and depth in different areas it's meant to be in some ways a basic game but in some ways it actually has a depth in its own way because for example i'll talk about the music of this game i mean the music in Below is some of the best music I've ever heard. Like, anyone that appreciates sound, the music in this game 
you should play this game just for the sound alone. And whether you like this type of style of game or not, personally, I love the music. The music is amazing. They did an amazing job with that. And I hope um, that in Gaming Awards next year that they get a nomination for this because I think it was that good. The, the music is amazing and it really draws you into the world. You know, as you go down deeper into the world, uh, the music's different. If you're on the surface, the music's different, but the music is just perfect. The sound design in this game, I love it. So major props to the sound team on that because this game has some of the best sound I've ever heard. So that was honestly my favorite part of the game is the sound. So um, you can take that for what you will. You know, some people might think that's a knock on the game. Some people might think it's not. Uh, personally, it's not really meant to be a knock or a positive. It's just meant to be, you know, down the middle. This is, you know, what my opinion is. To me, the best part of the game is the sound. So whether you feel that's a good um whether you feel that's a good indicator or a bad indicator, that's up to you to decide. But for me, the sound was the best part of the game. And some of the mechanics I didn't um, enjoy as much. But I do like the way that they built the world. I think that was really cool. So basically just a little bit more depth about um, the basics of the game. There is permadeath in this game. So essentially what happens is if you die, say you get down to like level 5. If you die in level 5 then that character is dead, that character is gone, and you spawn with a whole new character, but they spawn at the surface. So basically you start this game at the surface and you have to go down into the cavern system and go down levels. So you spawn with a new character when you die and this new character won't have all your stuff on them. So you have to go back down into the depths and you have to find your previous character's body. And if you find your previous character's body, you can get your items off of them, and you can get your lantern back as well. Which we'll talk about in the lantern more in a bit, but the lantern is very important in this game too. But when you first start, you can explore the beach and climb the mountain where you're going to find your lantern. So you climb up the mountain, you're going to find your lantern. And then soon after, you find the cave system, and that's when you descend. You just descend into the depths below, and you start to enjoy the world down there. But... I would definitely recommend before you go down below anywhere, definitely search around the surface because there's a lot of things like um, turnips, potatoes, maybe some string, different items. Definitely search around the surface area because you're going to need those items. So the items you find on the surface, those are going to be very valuable to you later. So definitely search around for a bit. Don't go straight down below. Just search around for a bit on the surface. Grab those couple of items. And then go down below because those couple of items are really going to help you in the long run. Now the enemies in this game, they're pretty basic graphic wise because you know, your character yourself is pretty basic. Guy, it's just like a little, it's sort of like a upgraded version of Pixel, I would say. Probably not the best way to describe it. But that's that's all that comes to mind for me right now. But basically, you have a little uh, pixelated character that's you know a little bit more well done, and then. The enemies, they're basically like little red dots. They're not essentially dots. I mean, they're a little bit better than dots, but for more more or less, they are dots, basically. They have a little bit of uh, structure and body to them, but you can't really discern what type of creature it is. You can't discern face. You can't discern, you know, legs or a body too much. I mean, for all intents and purposes, basically, they're red dots that attack you. And then... 
I didn't get too far down into the cave system, but I'm assuming at higher levels, or technically lower levels, you have different types of enemies, but I can't confirm that. I think uh, the game goes to level 31, I believe is the farthest it goes down. And uh, in my 5 to 10 hours-ish or whatever, I made it down to, I believe, floor 4 or 5. So... I didn't make it too far down out of that, but uh, I, I got enough of a feel for it to experience the game. But in this game, there's a couple of things that I didn't actually experience myself that I found out through doing some research. So through doing some research, I found out that there's some hidden shops that you can go to and you can buy things. So basically throughout this cavern system, I guess you come out to different areas. Like there's this one area called North Shore that I heard about where you can find more supplies and things, and there's different little areas you can come out to, and you can find a little shop where you can buy some items. So that sounds pretty interesting to me. Another thing that I didn't come across is something called the pocket. This is basically an area that you can find to store items in. So essentially you find this pocket, you can store items in there, kind of like a chest basically. And basically these are kept there for when you die. So Say you're on, let's just use level 3 for example. Say you're on level 3 and you find a pocket, you can store a bunch of items there. And then if you go on to level 4 and you die on level 4, well when you respawn with a new character, you're going to come back down the cave system. And when you get to level 3 again, that's when you can find your pocket and you have all those items back. So it's kind of like a secret stash just to prevent um, yourself from doing all the work over again. So it's kind of like a secret stash that you're leaving for yourself for later. So you kind of have to bank on yourself. Okay, do I leave more behind in case I die? Or do I take more with me to, so I can try and make it further? So you have to kind of uh, play that out in your head, how much you want to bank on yourself now versus how much you think you're going to die later. So it, it's up to you how to play that mechanic. But the fighting in the game is fairly simple. It's uh, a bow and arrow is available to you. You have a sword, which uh, has a regular slash attack and then a little bit of a charge one. And then you can find things like a spear. I found a spear in the game, which is pretty cool. And you can change your secondary weapon uh, to different things, like the bow and arrow is the one you start with. I changed mine to the spear when I found it, and the spear is pretty cool. And I believe you can make other weapons too. I didn't get to make any, but I believe you can make some. Now, the game has crafting as well, which uh, I mentioned making things, so there is crafting this game. But like everything else in this game, it doesn't actually teach you how to craft. Basically, you have to learn how to craft on your own, and you have to kind of just, you know, do trial and error and figure things out. So, essentially how the crafting works is you go in your inventory, and you highlight an item. So, say the item is a piece of string. You highlight that piece of string, and then the game is going to tell you what items can be combined with that string. So, it might tell you, okay, a stick and an ember can be combined with string. So, you can pick and choose from the items that are available to you. And you pick three items that the game tells you can be combined. And then when you pick three items that can be combined, you hit, I believe it's A again, and then it combines it for you and you craft an item. But you don't know what you're crafting until afterwards. So basically you craft it and then you find out, oh, I just crafted this. Interesting. And then you have to remember that, though, because the game is not going to help you memorize what crafting patterns you had. So if you put together a stick, an ember, and a string, which is a combo you can do, that makes a torch. So you'd have to remember, okay, if I want to make a torch in the future, 
have to put together a stick, an ember, and a string. And that's how you make a torch. But if you find, you know, a stick, a string, and a ball of sludge, if that makes something different, you'd have to remember what that makes and what gets at that. So it's kind of um it's kind of up to the player to figure things out and memorize it on their own. So for some people that might be a really good thing, and for some people they might not like that style. So you have to choose for yourself if you like that style of game. Now the game I was talking about now I did talk about food and things as well. So the game does have some survival mechanics in it. So there is a thirst mechanic, a hunger mechanic, and a warmth mechanic. So the warmth mechanic, you just need to go by a fire eventually and warm yourself up. Uh, in the time that I played, I never had to worry about this. So the warmth is not a factor at all, really. I've heard it's a factor when you get to lower levels because there's some lower levels that are like all ice levels. And in those ice levels, you have to warm yourself up. But... For me, it wasn't a factor enough in the early levels, so it's not a huge factor, I don't think. The water, again, wasn't really a huge factor. You get a jug that you can refill, so you have to find a little pool of water, and you can refill that jug. So basically, you drink some water, you're good on your thirst again, and then you can refill your jug. So the water is pretty plentiful in the game that it wasn't a huge issue for me at all. What is an issue, though, is the food. And this is something that a lot of people have spoke out about. I've I've uh, done a lot of research on this. I've looked at articles. I've watched some videos and different things like that. I've listened to a couple of podcasts. I've done a lot of research on this, and I'm not alone in this. Um, there's several people that agree with me that the food is the worst issue of the three. And basically, you have to eat so often that it just doesn't feel normal because, you know, you can survive 30 days without food, but you can only survive a couple of days without water. So that doesn't really make sense. I mean, it should be the other way around where the water is more of the issue and the food isn't. But for some reason, the food is a huge issue and you have to constantly eat. And now one of the last main points I didn't touch on a lot yet is the lantern. So I said I'd get back to the lantern. I was kind of saving that because the lantern is very crucial and it's an item that you're going to need in the game. Basically, the lantern allows you to see more as you'd expect it to, but it also has a feature where you can shine it in a beam and basically this beam of light can actually open doors for you so you find that out early on when you first get into the cavern system it kind of has you test it and you basically use this beam of light to open doors for you but that uses up more of your crystals because basically you have these crystals that are like little crystals of light and these crystals of light they power your lantern now one of the cool things about the game is that killing the little uh red enemies they give you crystals of light. So killing these enemies, you basically get their life force and then your life force goes into your lantern. So every enemy you kill powers your lantern, which is a very cool concept. And I like that. And I have heard that to make the game harder at lower levels, sometimes there's less enemies because it gives you less chance to power your lantern. up. Now, if the lantern runs out of crystals, then obviously you don't have a lantern and Basically, besides the lantern, the only way to really see is by making torches. You can use torches, but those are pretty much the main ways to see. I mean, you have a little bit of sight without those, but if you don't have a torch and you don't have a lantern, you're not going to see very far in front of you. It's going to be a very limited view. So you pretty much want to try and keep your lantern powered as much as possible. But one of the coolest things about the lantern, actually, is you can use the lantern to make a portal or a uh, respawn point, sort of. So basically 25 of these light crystals, that's what you need to make a 
sort of home base or like a respawn point. If anyone's familiar with um, Call of Duty at all, think of it like one of the flares in that game where you set down a flare. Okay, I set down a flare here. That's where I want my respawn point to be. And that's kind of what this um, lantern can do because basically what you do is you go to a campfire. Any campfire in the game, if you have 25 of these little light crystals, what you can do is you can make that your new, like, save point. And basically, if you die, what's going to happen is at the surface, when you respawn with a new character, you can go to the campfire at the surface. There's one right at the surface. And then you can use that campfire to teleport toward your save campfire. So just to give you an example so it's easier to understand, let's say I got down to level 7. I found a campfire at level 7. I used 25 crystals of light. And I made that campfire a really like bright glowing campfire. Because it's a really bright light. It makes it really glow uh, a lot. And then what happens is, let's say I go into level 8. Oh shoot, I died on level 8. So now I respawn with a new character. I'm all the way back at the surface. So I could go all the way through 7 levels again. But I don't have to because I've set up a save point at level 7. So what I could do is at the surface, I can go to the campfire. And then I can actually go back down to level 7 where I made that save point basically. So I did try this out. It's pretty cool. And I think that's a great way to mitigate some of the harshness of the game because it allows you to get back to places faster without having to go through the entire game. Again. Now, there could be a downside to that, too, though, because if you don't go through the seven levels again, you don't have a chance to get resources as well. So if you go straight down to level seven again, then you're not getting any resources. So that could hinder you as well. So you have to decide whether you want to do that or not. But that could hinder you because you're not going to get any resources along the way. You will be able to get the items off your body if you find your body, but you won't be able to gain the extra resources besides that if you do that way. And I will say, too, I don't know if I was doing it wrong or something, but I tried this um, sort of respawn method with the lantern. I tried it once or twice, but then after that, I wasn't able to do it again. So I think the reason why I couldn't do it again is because I didn't have any light crystals left. So what I would suggest is always try to save a couple of light crystals because I believe it takes a couple of light crystals in order to perform the sort of teleport move where you teleport to the other campfire. Because when I couldn't do this, I had zero crystals. I think that's why the game wasn't letting me do it. Because I think you have to have some crystals in order to do it. I'm not sure how much it was, but I know it's um not 25. It's definitely less than that. Because I'm pretty sure I had like six crystals once, and with only six crystals, I was still allowed to teleport to the campfire. So I think you just need some amount of crystals in order to do it. But honestly, um, there's not a lot else to say about the game. I mean, that's basically everything there is in the game as far as I know. The only other thing I wanted to talk about is what the biggest issues were for me. So biggest issue number one was the hunger mechanic and... That's something that's been well advertised by a lot of people. Uh, it, it's very tedious and it really takes away from the game because, you know, I died from hunger a couple of times and that just feels so bad to die from not having any food to eat and then have to start all the way back at the beginning again. It just doesn't feel right. And the hunger goes way too fast. You know, you eat a potato and then a couple minutes later, you're probably going to have to eat something else again. And there's just not enough food to go around in the game, it seems like. 
I mean, you can kill animals to get food. You can find turnips and potatoes in the ground, but it doesn't feel like there's enough food to go around to work with that hunger mechanic. And I'm sure there's people out there that have beat the game and they have found a way to make it work. But for the general population, I would say it's very difficult for a lot of people to make that hunger mechanic work. The hunger mechanic, it's too demanding, I think. And the developers do know about that. And I think they are going to try and tweak it in the future. So if you're listening to this now, um, then it's probably still not great as a hunger mechanic but if you're listening to this say say you're listening to this episode three months from now in in three months time they might have fixed the hunger mechanic and that might not be an issue so uh, we'll have to wait and see but the developers did say that they're looking into it and they might um, tweak the hunger mechanic so if they tweak the hunger mechanic to where it's the same level of need as the warmth and the thirst then i think that would work because the thirst and the warmth You don't need them often enough where it feels like it's breaking the game, but it's still a consideration you have to worry about. And I think that's where the hunger issue gets a little bit too far because, you know, it takes you away from enjoying the game. You can't really explore the game. You can't enjoy the game because you have to worry about being hungry too much. So when you're trying to go, oh, I'm almost at level 10. You know, this is so cool. I want to explore this dungeon. I want to go into this cave and explore this little cave. I want to explore this area. Oh, wait, I'm hungry. I I can't explore. I got to find food. Oh, dang, I'm hungry. I got to find food. And then you just die. That doesn't feel good at all because you want to explore this and you want to explore this game and you want to hear more music. You want to see more, you know, little biomes. You want to see more icy levels. You want to see all these things and you die because of hunger. That does not feel right at all. So. That is something I think they need definitely need to fix. And the other thing for me is the traps. I know I didn't mention the traps until just now. I was kind of saving it. But there's little traps in the game. It's basically like a little uh, square. And this square is going to appear red. And if you step on this square, it's an instant kill. No bones about it. Just straight up, you're dead. It's a spike trap. And to me, it it feels a little bit too punishing for me. I mean, between the hunger and the traps, that's the only ways I die. Like, I didn't actually die from enemies, which maybe you're not supposed to die from enemies, but those are the only ways I died is by accidentally stepping on a trap or from dying because of hunger. And both of those ways don't really feel good at all because especially with your limited field of view, you can go around a corner and then all of a sudden you step on a trap and you didn't even know the trap was there. So that's why your lantern and things are really important. But on top of that, I mean, this game obviously has no explanation either. So when you first come across one of these traps, you don't even know what it is. So I walked right up to him like, oh, what is this thing? And I walked right on it. And I died. Like, seriously, it just not, does not feel good in that moment because you're trying to explore this game. And then you have no idea what this is. I don't know if it's something good. I don't know if it's something bad. I have no idea what this is. It's a little square on the ground. I'm like, what is this little square? And you walk over it and you die. How do you think that feels, you know, when you're first exploring a game? Like, oh, okay, um, I guess I'm dead now. I have to restart because I walked over this thing that no one told me what it was. So, to me, that's... I don't know how else to put it. Just It didn't feel right to me, honestly. And I get that, you know, okay, this game is supposed to be punishing. It's supposed to make you learn on your own. But 
it feels like too harsh of a lesson to teach a new player to walk on a trap and die when they don't even know what the trap is. I think they could have had a little bit of text in this game. Like maybe when you first walk up the trap for the first time, maybe the game stops you and then tells you, hey, this is a trap. Don't walk on this or you die. Like if the game tells you that once, then okay, I would be a little bit, I feel a little bit better about it because then, okay, the game told you, you know, this is a trap. The game notified you, but there's no notification at all. So I just think that from a game perspective, it's not really bring, it's not helping new players feel welcome to the game to have them figure things out. Like, oh, if I walk over this random thing that I have no idea what it is, I'm going to die. I feel like a lot of new players are going to have that trap kill them, and then that's it. They're never going to play the game again. I did push past it myself, but I know there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't push past it, and I feel like that's something that the developers of this game really should have looked at more and had a little bit less punishing. I can understand if, say, you walk on a trap and you lose half your health. That's fine, because then you at least know, okay, it's bad, I lost half my health. That's really bad. I don't ever want to walk in one of those again. But instantly killing you, that's just a little bit too much for someone that's just learning the game. Because they have no idea what's going to happen. They have no idea what's coming next. They're still learning about what this game is. And yes, it's about exploration. Yes, this game is about discovering things on your own. But I think that the hunger and the traps especially, I think they go a little bit too far. Because... The traps, there just should, should be some notification on your first trap. I'm totally fine with, you know, level 25, you already know what the game is, you walk around a corner, you accidentally step on your trap, and you're dead. I don't like that personally, but I'm totally fine with it in terms of what this game is, because this game is supposed to be a little bit more punishing, and for, you know, a player that got down to level 25, and they walked around a corner, they hit a trap, they're used to traps by now, like... They should know that the trap could be there, and that was their fault for not being careful. But that's the problem I have, is for a new player, when they walk over a trap and die for the first time, whether it's, you know, level 2, level 3, whatever level it is, that's not their fault for not being careful. They probably were being careful, but they have no idea what this thing is. I mean, they've never seen it before, so how can the player that's new to the game be faulted for not being careful on something they don't know to be careful about. It makes no sense to me at all because it punishes the player for something that they don't know about yet. And how can you punish a player for knowledge they don't have yet? If the player has the knowledge and they screw that up and they make a mistake, that's on them. But if the player fails because the game didn't communicate to them, to me that's on the game a little bit. So... That's kind of where I feel about that. Um, listeners out there, you might disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine if you do. You know, if you disagree with me, then um, you know, come talk to me on Discord, talk to me on Twitter, and let me know why. I, I'd love to hear your perspective because if someone out there does have a different perspective on this, then I'd be interested to hear it. You know, I'm definitely open to hearing the other side of this argument, but for my taste, it's a little bit too much. So that's kind of where I'm at, but. That's basically the biggest issues for this game for me are the traps being insta-kill and the hunger mechanic is a little bit too much and is a little bit too tedious. And in terms of what I like about the game, honestly, the biggest thing I like is the music. The sound design is amazing and 
I love the sound design. Besides that, it's not really my cup of tea too much. And it's not because it's not a good game. It's a great game. It's just you have to be the type of player that wants to play this. You know, you have to be the type of player that wants a punishing experience where, you know, you have to have a perfect run and have no deaths that entire run to beat the game. If you're the player that likes that type of experience, then this game is for you. But if you're like me and you're not really up for that experience, and for me, I want something I can analyze more. I want games that I can put a lot of thought into. I want games I can research. I want games that I can strategize about and analyze every aspect of the game. And that just simply isn't below. I mean, below is just not in-depth enough for the type of games I like. And that's not a knock on the game. The game is not supposed to be that in-depth. The game is not supposed to be the type of games I'm going for. So it's just kind of a disconnect between me and this game. But for the type of players that Below is marketed towards, this is a great game for those players. So if you're one of those players that likes this kind of dungeon crawl where you have permadeath and you have to go through a flawless playthrough to basically beat the game, then this game is for you. If you're a player that likes Dark Souls, that kind of game, then this game is for you, and you're going to love this game. And I do think that anyone that doesn't like this game, they'll still appreciate the sound. So even if you don't play the game, I I would at least check out the sound on, you know, watch a YouTube video or check out a Twitch stream, you know. Check out some of the sound of this game, because this sound will blow you away. The sound in this game is amazing. But that's kind of my thoughts on Below. Um, Obviously, it's a little bit shorter of an episode, but we're going to have a giant one on Saturday. So I wanted to do something a little bit shorter today because I knew a giant one was coming. So that's why I decided to um, pick up Below on Game Pass. I tried it out on Game Pass and I figured I would do an episode on it. So that's kind of the basic overview of Below. That's kind of my thoughts on it. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And I definitely look forward to Saturday's episode. It should be a great episode and we're going to talk about the state of decay awards results so i'm definitely looking forward to that my next stream i'm probably going to try and do that on thursday or saturday but i can't really promise honestly um it's definitely also likely that i am not able to stream by the day because i do try to get family time in some nights too so if i only have two nights off a week and i'm trying to stream one or both of those nights it does take away time from family so That's why I don't always stream because I work overnights and it's hard sometimes. So I will attempt my best, though, to um, stream this week. But if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter and Xbox at Blaze Experience, capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can email me, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can find me on my Discord, which will be in the show notes. You can find me on YouTube, which I will say my YouTube as well. I don't get to the comments as that as fast. So if you do leave me a comment on YouTube, then rest assured I will respond to it. It's just the YouTube comments is not something I check um, daily. It's something I check like once a week usually because I'm on Discord pretty much daily and I'm on Twitter daily. So those are the best ways to reach me. If you leave a YouTube comment, I will get back to it. Just I only check the YouTube comments like once a week maybe so. It'll be a little bit slower response on YouTube. But I do appreciate anyone watching on there as well. You know, I appreciate anyone watching and listening any way they can. And we also have a Facebook group too. If you want to join that, then 
you're welcome to do so. The podcast will be posted there too. But again, the best ways to contact me are either Discord, Twitter, or email. Those are the three best ways. If you want to find the podcast, obviously you're listening to it right now, so you know some way to find it. But if you want to find it a different way that you're not familiar with yet, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on YouTube, we're on the Facebook group, we're on Radio Public, Podbean, Blueberry, Stitcher, and many of the directories. Pretty much the only spot we're not available right now is we're not available on iHeartRadio. I'm still trying to get us on there. It's just um, not the easiest one to get onto. But we are on Spotify now, so I'm glad we're on Spotify now. But thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. I will talk to you all again on Saturday. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Lake Experience. (laughs) 